We're like that annoying couple that will, like the hostess will come to seat us. I'll be like, can we sit by the window? It's like, it, that's definitely us. What else do you do? Mike takes all the photos. He's definitely the talent behind that. Some of the editing software does help. We try not to, you can easily over-doctor a photo, but. And if you want to know our number one fight in a relationship, it's definitely, that photo looks too edited. That's usually me. Corner Table, a Capital Times podcast about food and drink in Madison. That was Jordan Durst and Mike DeCello talking about their delicious Instagram feed at Madison Munchers. I discovered the feed not long ago and was instantly hooked on the glamour shots of bagels and burgers, breakfast ramen and curry. It's the kind of thing that makes a person want to bust out of her same old spots and try somewhere new. I'm your host, Cap Times food writer Lindsay Christians, and I asked Jordan and Mike into the studio today to give us a peek behind the Insta curtain. How do they get those marvelous photos? Stay tuned for some pro tips. Welcome, Mike and Jordan. Thanks for having us. Hey, guys. <laughs> so first of all, will you just tell us a little bit about who you are and where people can find your beautiful food photos? Aw, thanks. I'm Jordan, half of Madison Munchers. And I'm Mike DeCello. I'm the other half of Madison Munchers. And you can find us at, at Madison Munchers on Instagram. Your Instagram feed is just solid food. So why did you decide to start it and sort of uh, do it that way? When we were dating, I've, we were constantly going out to eat. We would walk around downtown and just hit up all sorts of different restaurants. And I'm like, why don't we take pictures of it and throw it on Instagram? I feel like I could take pictures that are pretty good. And that's how it started. And then we slowly grew and grew to where we are today. Luckily, Mike's persistent because I thought it was a terrible idea. And I was like, this is dumb. No one wants to see our pictures of our food on Instagram. And he was like, no, I really think it could be cool. So luckily, I listened to him. Mike, do you have a background in photography at all? Uh, no, absolutely not. My background is in engineering. Um, I almost went to art school, but I kind of have an eye for this type of stuff. So. so you say that you would go out to eat a lot. Is this sort of like a founding principle of your relationship, that like you would go out to dinner a lot, find the new spots? It was even less dinner. We usually go out during the day because we're super exciting, and we go to bed at like 9 o'clock every night. We'd go during the day. Um, and we would just venture around Madison, and sure enough, people enjoyed what we were eating. And then Jordan started adding in her comments. It kind of added, like, humor to it, and it was a lot of fun to see the dynamic between not just a pretty photo, but there's people enjoy some of the comments also. It kind of became a story of our life. It yeah. started out very, like, bland, boring, like, here's the food we're eating. It just slowly became probably me oversharing about our life as yeah. well, as much as Mike hates it. <laughs> I'm, I am wondering about that, like... Is that something that you sort of have to be careful about? Like, okay, honey, is it okay if I say this? Or do you not check? Do you just sort of post? <laughs> no, we've learned because I'll post stuff and he'll be embarrassed. So I feel like I run stuff by you now more, yeah. right? But for the most part, there's not really too much of a filter, I guess. <laughs> or maybe you've gotten more used to me being oversharing. One. Yeah, nothing <laughs> is, is that bad. I mean, people really do enjoy it. I feel like food can be so foundational, especially when a relationship is just starting out. I remember when I started dating my husband, I would, like, just grab fries off his plate, and he would be like, excuse me, 
Mortified. Yeah. And I thought, this is how my family eats, right? We just all grab each other's stuff all the time. And like my dad would never order the same thing as my mom because they both want to try the things, right? And and I just, I feel like we all kind of grow, we have our own very individual food histories and whether or not those mesh, I think it can be a relationship deal breaker. If, if I'm with somebody who can't share, my husband shares everything now and he's fine with it. But if he had not learned like to deal with that, I don't think we would have worked. Oh, for sure. I remember too, as a kid, I was, my parents still tell this story to people. I was like the eight-year-old ordering lobster and they hated me for it. <laughs> I was always like ordering off the adults menu as a small child. And you have such a strong background in food with like your parents. Yeah, my days. mom cooked everything when I was younger. But also when we go out to eat, I, whenever we get something, to your point, there's the Jordan Claw that comes by <laughs> that she's always trying a piece of my food. <laughs> Usually before I try my own, I have to try yours. But I never tried yours because I knew you were only going to eat half of it, so I would eat the rest of it, so I didn't have to try it. Have your, have your dining habits evolved over the last couple of years, um, and are they influenced at all by when you think, ooh, this would make a really beautiful photo? Kind of. But not really. Yeah, we still like we order just, what yeah. we think is delicious. And we've only been doing this for less than a year. It'll be a year coming up in a, in a couple months. We only post what we think is good. We yeah, there'll be meals that yeah, we'll go to and not like, and we won't, just won't post it. Yeah. Um, it's kind of important to us to kind of, now that we're people are actually listening to us or feel like they're listening to Which us. Which blows our mind, too. I just thought, you know, it was like you scroll on your feed and you see some nice photos, but... I feel like one of the trends I've been seeing, and there's a new series, right, David Chang has with Ugly Delicious. And I think about that a lot, especially like when I'm cooking at home. I look at it and it's just very brown. <laughs> like The food is often very brown, in part because when you cook things, it will become brown sometimes. <laughs> and it could still be wonderful. You know, when you look at something and you think, are you thinking about like, how can we present this in a way that really reflects how wonderful it is? Sometimes, I guess we'll take a lot of photos and we'll know kind of, when we post, you can kind of tell if, even, almost if it's too pretty, people don't, it has to look kind of delicious. And after a while of seeing our Instagram posts, we kind of have an eye for it now. Or just even, I feel like we've learned that like people don't like pictures of a high-end food. Like I feel like we figured out like burgers and pasta do really well, which we love. At yeah. least I do because I love carbs. So I'm all about the burgers and pasta. High-end food can look kind of fussy sometimes, I think. I think it's hard to make it look really appealing and approachable sometimes. It doesn't necessarily look delicious. Like a big drippy ice cream cone, you look at it on your feed, like I could, it's hot outside and you're on Instagram, you'd be like, yes, I love that right now. And you hit the like button. Or if you had some like three-star Michelin restaurant dish that like has been put together with tweezers, it doesn't incite that same reaction, right? So I, that's kind of where Instagram, you kind of get lost in indulgences. Are there things that you really intensely love or dislike that you've discovered through this? I feel like you love like better, like not better food, but like like he likes like quality food where I'm like, I want Dr. Pepper, fries, ranch, and a cheeseburger. Like that would make my life happy every day. Or like Mike loves trying like good quality food. You're way classier than I am. But a good burger you. is also delicious. Like yeah. going to Shake Shack is also wonderful. Oh, like. Yeah. In terms of framing those photos and getting the photos to look so beautiful, I know just from my own experience and from seeing other Instagram feeds, that's harder than it than it looks, right? So I wonder if you have any tips for folks if they want to take a really beautiful picture of that burger. 
lighting is everything, I guess. We're like that annoying couple that will, like the hostess will come to seat us. I'll be like, can we sit by the window? It's like, it, that's definitely us. I guess also knowing some of the editing software does help. We try not to, you can easily over-doctor a photo, but. And if you want to know our number one fight in a relationship, it's definitely that photo looks too edited. That's usually me. And having a good quality camera also helps. I mean, some of the newer phones have such good cameras on them. You don't really need anything too fancy anymore. What kind of phone do you have? Uh, this is a Pixel 2. When you're looking at an Instagram feed versus like looking at your daily life, like I, I feel like I will tend to go to want to go to the same places over and over. But if, if you're looking to have variety on the feed and like thinking about it sort of consciously, like thinking about like how we want to present this, do you start to seek out new places? We don't really have regulars either. I feel like we really like to try new places. So I feel like it'll be like for dinner tonight, like where do we want to go? We're somewhere new. We yeah, haven't tried. But we end up going a lot of times to like a handful of places, yeah, <laughs> repeatedly. But we've been trying to keep our mind open as to new places, trying to keep in touch with some of the, like the Isthmus and some of the other publications have new restaurants. We try to go to those. We've also been trying to go to like much smaller places. Or out of town too. So Mike's not from Madison. So it's been really fun. And I grew up here. So it's been fun to take him to New Glarus and Spring Green and places that have really great farm to table restaurants that he maybe normally wouldn't have found. So that's been fun too, to kind of explore this region of Wisconsin. Uh, Do you have any recent favorites, places that you've been, that you were really excited about? Recent favorites. Arcadia Books for me. It was like the best meal we've had in a long time. Yeah, it was was surprisingly good. We had been there one time before. I don't think we had gotten food though, but so kind of the background on that is it's this adorable little bookstore in the middle of the Driftless region in Spring Green. And the menu is really small. They probably have six or eight items every day, but they're all super well-made, farm-to-table, fresh ingredients. And I just think the quality of the food, like I think would be comparable to like Heritage Tavern or Gray's in Madison at a much lower price point and a really cute, quaint location. I really liked uh, when we went to the Driftless Cafe and also the Cowan Keens. It's just unique seeing like real high quality food like that and like almost the middle of nowhere it feels like. I've been wanting to make it out to Driftless Cafe for a long time and I've never been out. Um, What's it like in there? Is it fairly casual? It is extremely casual, I would say. But the quality of the food, I would say, is like Heritage Tavern. Yeah. But like you don't need to dress price, up maybe. or anything like that. And the prices are extremely reasonable. What did we want for lunch? And what did we got? Like mussels. I got appetizer pizza. We got, what did you get? Pasta dish or something? Yeah, you got pasta and we got dessert. And it was ridiculously cheap for all that for lunch, too. That sounds so good. I love Cow and Quince down in New Glarus. They, I remember I went there, it was during the summer. And it looks just like a storefront, like a market almost. And then we sat down kind of in the window, and they brought out the most beautiful tomato salad I've ever seen. And I thought, okay, this is maybe a different kind of place than I thought. Um, I I feel like one of the reasons I I wanted to talk to you guys today is because I feel like Instagram is is one of these growing ways that people are finding out about new places. It's one of the ways that I use to find out about things that are new and interesting. But I think – that part of what makes your feed so interesting is that you do sort of share some of your personal story on that. Um, And I wonder, like, how do you sort of see that going forward? Do you feel that you've had, you know, that you're starting to build community around it? It's hard to to say. We're just sharing ourselves. And if people like it, then 
we're they're more than welcome to be a part of it. That's kind of how we feel. I don't know if we're trying to build a community per se. I feel like we've had good feedback, which has yeah. been nice to know that people I feel like will comment or message us privately, and I feel like people relate to what we're saying, and we try to be really honest too about like our life, or our experiences too. Yeah, for the most part, like personally, I'm I'm pretty private. Like I don't like sharing a lot about myself, um, but I don't mind what we're doing here at all. Because I forced you into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was my idea to begin with. It was yours. Do you do you find that you're starting to sort of develop some relationships with folks like through the Instagram, and also have you ever thought about maybe wanting to monetize it down the down the road, like doing sponsored posts and things like that? Is that something you would want to do? We've talked about it, and I feel like our bottom line is, like, we just want it to be fun. And if that ever becomes where it feels like work or it's not fun, that's not what we want to do. If it ever became where we were making money from it, I wouldn't mind it. I don't like things. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat. It has to be fun. I think also if you try to make it for money, you'll lose what people actually liked about it in the first place. So you got to fundamentally know what you're representing, and it's basically really good food pictures with goofy comments, right, is really what we're presenting. And I think we're both stubborn enough that if somebody tried to, like, tell us what to post or, like, what to say, it wouldn't go well. <laughs> I mean, we've had ideas to, to do other things with it. I mean, we both work full-time, so it's kind of difficult, but I don't think you could almost monetize it directly using Instagram. You have to expand into other realms. But you could start with that, but to solely do it on Instagram, it's almost... To, at least from what I've seen, it's very difficult. Well, thank you both for coming in today. This is great. It was really fun. Thank you for having us. Thank you. This has been The Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison, produced by the Capital Times. Our music was composed by Patrick Christians, and editing help came from Eric Lawrenson. Check out Jordan and Mike's food photography at Madison Munchers on Instagram and visit captimes.com for food and drink news. You can follow us on Facebook at Corner Table Podcast and subscribe to The Corner Table anywhere you get your podcasts. I am your host, Cap Times food writer Lindsay Christians. My wish for you this week is Penang curry with zucchini, peas, carrots, and tofu because after seeing that on Mike and Jordan's feed, it's all I want. Cheers! Cheers! <laughs>